Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. Once again, uh, my pleasure to have you with us. I have uh, another good lineup of interesting guests for you today. Hope you're doing well. Hope uh, you're moving into uh, a very busy period, I'm sure, uh, of your life and your business. Uh, I hear more and more from people that they're saying, you know, everything looks great, but I'm just thinking about that three- to five-year time frame down the road when maybe I can uh, do you know change up my life rewire a little bit well part of that is having employees a lot of times people say some of my biggest issues are employment issues and if that's your case you're in luck today my first guest is Cindy Flynn and Cindy is the founder and managing partner of Hackler Flynn and Associates which is a boutique law firm in greater LA Los Angeles that focuses on employment law business litigation and corporate work their core focus is to help commercial businesses defend and protect against employment lawsuits. And they are up to seven attorneys, and we're going to learn all about uh, some of the trends in employment law. So, Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Bill. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Good morning. My pleasure. I've been wanting to uh, to have this interview for quite a while. I hear from a lot of our audience and people that I work with that – um, you know, if it wasn't for the people problems, I'd, I'd love my business. <laughs> and so when <gasps> they're having you. people problems, that's when you hear from them. Cindy, tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you uh, came to start your firm, Hackler Flynn & Associates. So I always knew I wanted to be an attorney. Um, as a kid, my parents ran a printing company in Orange. And it was called Gap Printing. G was for Glenn, my dad's name. A was for Angie, my mom's name, and P was for printing. And as a kid, I'd go in, I'd shuffle papers, I'd staple papers, you know, fold brochures, and I got to see firsthand what it was like to run a business. Mm -hmm. um, my parents, over the years, went through some really tough employment issues. One employee fell down a flight of stairs, and she had to have screws put in her ankle, Another employee would come in drunk repeatedly to work, and they didn't know how to handle that. Another employee asked for an extended maternity leave. They, again, didn't know how to handle that. They were really focused on trying to do it themselves and cut costs. And in the end, all of these things added up to, you know, a really difficult situation for my parents, who unfortunately ended in bankruptcy and divorce. So... I knew early on that I wanted to be a business attorney, specifically focusing on 
employment law for business owners, the little guys who, you know, try and do it themselves, but they're so focused on growing their business that they get caught with some of the nuances with employment law. Wow, that's quite a story. Um, I'm sorry to hear about your parents' business, uh, but, uh, you know, small businesses are the the backbone of our economy. They employ more people than than any other size of businesses, and uh, it's mm-hmm. so important that people get these things right, but it seems like, like you said, a lot of times the employees either think, well, the owners are, they have, uh, uh, you know, unlimited money, or they can afford it, or um, we hear so many things, so many uh, mm-hmm. things related to employment and people. Um, so in, in your firm, you got specifically into employment law. Why did you get into employment law? Was it was it to protect, because that's where you saw the problems were with your family's business? Exactly. Like I just knew early on I wanted to be an attorney, not a not a divorce attorney or a bankruptcy attorney. But Yeah, you could have gone either way there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> But specifically, you know, in employment law. And so in high school, I ended up getting a job at an employment law firm. I ended up being there eight years through, you know, the rest of high school, college, and law school. And when I got out, I worked for a couple different firms and then started my own practice about five years ago. And, um, you know, we fully focus on protecting, defending business owners. Uh, my dad is still a business owner today. My husband's a business owner. My brother's a business owner. And mm-hmm. so, like you said, Bill, you know, the small business owner is the backbone of our society, and it's really key to ensure that they're protected. Yeah, and unfortunately, they don't have the, you know, the big HR department a lot of the time. They are the HR department. There's a commercial mm-hmm. I hear on the radio now where uh, the wife's talking to the husband and saying, yeah, and you used to have the HR department to make all these decisions, and now you're it. Well, for small businesses, a lot of times the owners really need some help and support, and that's where you come in. What are some of the things that business owners can do to protect themselves these days? And, and tell us a little bit about the landscape that you see out there today. What are some of the issues? So, so first off, make sure you know you have an employee handbook that's up to date. We, I've seen a lot of employee handbooks over the years, um, most notably one from 1970 when this company started, um, and it hasn't been updated. So make sure you have an employee handbook that is updated regularly. Um, did it say like, really, uh, <laughs> Cindy, did it say like, yeah. nope, you can't wear platform shoes to work and that type of thing? <laughs> right, women have to wear skirts only, and <laughs> it's right, a little okay. archaic. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay, um, go ahead. So another thing that we're seeing based on one of the most recent California Supreme Court decisions has to do with independent contractors versus you know employees. And independent contractors, as I'm sure you know, aren't entitled to unemployment. They're not entitled to workers' comp. And when an issue comes up, the first thing that they do generally is file for unemployment or if they get hurt, file a workers' comp case. And then they realize that they're an independent contractor. And because of that, they're not covered under those things. Um, And so I would really urge anyone with independent contractors working for them that they have it reviewed by an employment attorney just to ensure that the person is properly classified as an independent contractor. The penalties can be really steep for a misclassification. It can be um, back payroll taxes. It could be 
you know, a lawsuit and attorney's fees. It could be back owed wages. And I heard recently that some counties are criminally prosecuting business owners, small business owners, with misclassification, which can be, a, you know, a, not only a fine penalty, but also up to a year in prison or in jail. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, and it seems like um, this has been going on for quite a while, but it's gotten quite a bit more front and center lately, this issue of independent contractor versus employee. And, you know, I still talk to business owners that say, well, until, you know, until I have to, uh, I'm going to continue this way. But uh, it's really getting draconian on the back end if they don't comply. What's what, what's the... Um, What's the downside to the you know the cost versus benefit for these employers that are saying, I, I want to take my chances? I mean, an employee does cost more money than an independent contractor. You know, they're generally between 17 and 22, 23% more than an independent contractor. But honestly, that just lets the business owner sleep at night um, by mm-hmm. fully complying. Because if something goes wrong, it can take down your whole business. And though it doesn't even have to be somebody who's upset with you, like an aggrieved employee. It could be someone, like I mentioned earlier, someone who files for workers' comp and realizes they're not covered and they don't have any other option but to sue the business owner. Or, you know, somebody who it's a slow time at work and they file for unemployment and realize at that time that they don't get it. And then, you know, that sets red flags over to EDD. And we've had to go take many clients through full EDD audits where, um, Mm. you know, they have a certain number of employees working for them or independent contractors Mm -hmm. working for them. And um, they're just, they're not classified properly. So it's really, uh, it's, it's, things have changed. Um, they've continued to change and evolve, and so do a lot of employers come to you and say, uh, I mean, a lot of employers, I would imagine, consult an attorney when they're already in trouble. Hopefully, they, they come to get your advice before, uh, and and you tell them, hey, you, you can't continue this way. You're really taking too much risk. Um, what are some of the other issues that people contact your firm for? Well, so let me back up a second. So, you know, like you're saying, the sooner the better, absolutely, because if an employee is still working for you, there's strategy and things you can put in place to protect you, the company owner, and the business in order to avoid, you know, liability in the future. Um, but clients come to us for all sorts of employment issues. Um, and my biggest piece of advice would be that if they sense something early on, that they're not happy with one of their employees or they start to get this like feeling that it's, it's not going to be a good harmonious relationship. Um, just any sort of red flag, it doesn't get better. It generally gets worse and significantly worse. And um, based on how much leverage an employee already has, you know, in the state of California, if you have employees here, it's one of the toughest states to comply with based on the amount mm-hmm. of, leverage they already have why give them even more than that and so the earlier you can plan and prevent the better but you're right i mean clients come to us for um all sorts of 
issues in employment law. We handle breach of contract cases, um, defense work, only protecting defending business owners. Mm -hmm. And one of the issues I've heard is also on the rise is wage and hour issues where employees might say, well, they didn't let me take my breaks um, Mm -hmm. or they didn't, you know, I, I didn't take a lunch break and now I'm, you know, suing for mm-hmm. all these back wages because you're firing me. or th- There's just all, mm-hmm. all kinds of what sound like kind of bizarre types of structures that can then escalate into things like class action suits. Um, so, so what's going on on the other side? What are, uh, what are employees um, hearing from counsel? Where are all these class action suits and these wage and hour issues coming from? Are they being instigated? So let me tell you a story about some of my clients. I'm going to I'm going to change their names, but let's call them Greg and Rob. Greg and Rob own a furniture company in Los Angeles, and they they are some of the best employers I've ever seen. Hands down, they treat their employees very fairly. They buy them breakfast, they buy them lunch, they buy them dinner. They if they hear somebody's having a baby, they throw a baby shower for them in the office. They give them a baby bonus. They, they bring in financial advisors to teach their minimum wage workers how to buy property. They, when somebody buys a property, they throw a house bonus for them. And, and these guys are just so genuine, and they, they run a phenomenal company. They've been in, in business 11 years now, never been sued before. So one of their employees, they have about 129 employees. One of their employees last year got hurt at work. So they filed a workers' comp case. Now, you know, we don't handle any workers' comp. The the workers' comp attorney, um, you know, insurance had the attorney and took care of the workers' comp case. Six months later, they get hit with a class action lawsuit by the same firm who handled the workers' comp case for the employee. And my clients, Greg and Rob, were facing millions of dollars in damages because you can go Mm. back four years on these wage and hour issues of breaks and lunches, overtime, all of those types of things. And, I mean, we worked tirelessly on this class action case. We went through all of the payroll records. We went through all of the timesheets. We we got our clients into early mediation, and we got the case settled for a lot less than even our own liability analysis would have been. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the reasons why they didn't want to implement all of California's wage and hour law was not to try to avoid the law, but they didn't want to change the culture of the company. They didn't want to have to go around policing everybody and standing over them and, you know, having all these extra records. They wanted it to be a fairly, you know, laissez-faire environment Mm -hmm. and a good culture for their employees. And because they wanted that, you know, it, it, it cost them some money in order to get the case resolved. But, you know, we got it resolved. They were incredibly happy. But an added bonus ended up being that, you know, they were able to keep a lot of the same culture with some of the suggestions we made so that they can implement proper California wage and hour rules mm-hmm. into their company without changing the culture. 
Yeah, I guess we put this under the heading of no good deed shall go unpunished, right? If you're right. if you're a California employer, you you may want to let employees bend the the rules or uh you know, you may think everything's fine and good until you get that that call and it could be like like you said, years years after their uh the the damage was done. Um, mm-hmm. You may get that class action lawsuit. It's just uh, really horrendous for a lot of employers. Hey, Cindy, have there been any recent changes in employment law that our listeners should know about? Yes. Uh, a couple big cases came down this year. One talked about class action waivers and arbitration agreements. Mm-hmm. That's the federal case. And you can now have and require your employees to sign those. So if you don't have a class action waiver and arbitration agreement, Make sure you get one. The sooner the better. Um, and then another you know, case that's been very talked about this year was the Dynamex decision. And that the presumption yep. is everybody's an employee. And you really want to make sure you prove A, B, and C of the test to ensure that the person is properly classified if you're going to have any independent contractors working for you. So. So yeah, those, that's a big, big decision. <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of big changes. The, the class action waiver sounds like something that I I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want to do that. But it might be a little awkward uh, for your existing employees. But how how do employee employers usually approach that? Do they just round everybody up and say, "Hey, there's been some new rules, and we like you, you like us, so everybody sign this"? Or or I mean, I can imagine yeah. you know at the time of employment, it would certainly be done. Yeah, definitely at the time of employment, but you can now have your employees sign if they're currently working for you as well. And so I think you're absolutely right. And we can strategize with you if you're worried about specific or strategize with your you know, employment attorney um, if you're worried about any individuals specifically. But you're right. You, know, you want to explain the benefits of this and why you're implementing it and have all the employees sign it just so you're protected. Because wage and hour claims, they can hit a business owner personally. A lot of people think, well, I have an S-Corp or I have an LLC or even a C-Corp, and I'm protected because that, that shield. But the law had changed about two and a half years ago, January of 2016, where it says that a business owner, a manager, can be personally liable for wage and hour. Mm. How do you feel about um, having uh, questions at the time of an employee's exit, for instance, uh, I've heard that it's a good idea to ask employees, do you have do you have any um any injuries or I mean do you do you feel like uh you have any ailments or injuries as you're leaving us to prevent a workers comp claim uh a year down the road? You know, with that it can really depend on the type of company, the environment, um how often you have workers comp claims because Going the other way, you don't want to plant a seed into an employee's head of, you know, did you ever get hurt here? Let us know now or forever hold your peace. It's pretty company specific, um, you know, and so, um, but generally speaking, I would say that it's probably a good idea to have some sort of exit interview with the person just to ensure that there's no, you know, outstanding claims that you're afraid that they might bring in the future. Well, uh, listeners, it is a landmine out there as a business owner. And as we opened up uh, with our discussion about uh, most employers 
uh, love their business. What they don't like is employee problems, and that's why you need to have an expert in your corner. And that's where Hackler Flynn & Associates comes in. Uh, Cindy, how do our listeners best get in touch with you and your firm? So our phone number is 323-247-7030. Our website is www.hacklerflynnlaw.com. And then my email is cindy at hacklerflynnlaw.com. Happy to answer any questions, review any sort of policies that, you know, any of our listeners have. And you should know that uh, Cindy is well-networked and uh, belongs to two organizations that are very near and dear to my heart. That is Provisors, which is a a tremendously large networking group of professionals, top professionals, so she can help you find solutions to any other issues or problems that you have. And she's a member of Vistage Worldwide, of which I am as well, which is a tremendous organization that helps business owners of over 22,000 business owners now are members uh, around the world. So, Cindy, you're, you're a tremendous resource, and this is very helpful information for our listeners. And I think we better schedule another interview for after the beginning of the year because there's probably going to be another round of new yeah. laws. <laughs> right? That, that's just a, of course. Uh, we have, we'll always have something to talk about, and I really appreciate you coming on to the show and, uh, and helping us out today. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me, Bill. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 